The positions and views expressed in the Blue Book of Freedom are based on data and facts from 50 years of extensive research by Professor Rummel. Available at www.hawaii.edu forward slash power kills. R.J. Rummel's Blue Book of Freedom The Author Rudolph J. Rummel, born 1932, has a B.A. and M.A. from the University of Hawaii, Ph.D. in Political Science, Northwestern University, taught at Indiana University, 1963, Yale, 1964 to 1966, University of Hawaii, 1966 to 1995, and currently Professor Emeritus of Political Science, University of Hawaii. Professor Rummel has received numerous grants from NSF, ARPA, and the United States Peace Research Institute. He has been frequently nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and received the Susan Strange Award of the International Studies Association for having intellectually most challenged the field in 1999. Professor Rummel has written nearly two dozen books and over 100 professional articles. His most recent books are Death by Government, The Miracle That is Freedom, Power Kills, and Statistics of Democide. Professor Rummel's lifetime research proves that democracy is a method of nonviolence, that power kills, and that freedom is not only a right, but that freedom also is an engine of wealth and prosperity. His research contributes to world order by showing empirically, historically, and theoretically that fostering liberal democracy is a route to global human security. I'm John Wagner. In the pursuit of peace and freedom through democracy, I proudly present R.J. Rummel's Blue Book of Freedom. For all those men and women who fight and die so that others may be free. Rest in peace. Chapter 1 Overview Most of the world's people have been robbed of their freedom by one dictatorship or another. Some, like the former regimes of Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, and Kim Il sung, and dozens of others, were more than just dictatorships. Their tyrannical dictators were slave masters, ruling their people by their slightest whims and desires and those of their henchmen. These poor people lived in constant fear for themselves and their loved ones, and they were murdered by the hundreds of millions. In the last century alone, 272 million of them were shot, burned, stabbed, tortured, beaten, starved to death, blasted to death, buried alive, or whatever other ways of murdering their slaves these thugs could imagine. This horrific and evil toll of bodies could head to toe circle the earth over 10 times. It is though a catastrophic nuclear war had happened, but its mountain of deaths spread over each day of the last century. The present existence of these ruling thugs in Burma, Cuba, Libya, North Korea, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Syria, and Turkmenistan, among others, creates an unbridgeable chasm in the world. On one side are such criminal gangs, sanctified by the term government, and the United Nations they dominate, enforcing by their guns 
mass slavery, mass death, mass violence, mass impoverishment, and mass famines. On the other side are democratic countries, where people are free, secure, and need not fear mass impoverishment, murder at the hands of government agents, and killing famine. This chasm between life and death, security and fear, on the same planet at the same time, must no longer be tolerated. Dictatorships, even if benign, are by their very existence a crime against humanity and must be eliminated. However, the intellectuals, commentators, analysts, academics, and reporters of the democracies have identified power with greatness, things with statesmen, and propaganda with results. We have let moral and cultural relativism silence our outrage while conceding the moral high ground to the utopian dreamers. We have refused to recognize evil as evil, and we have ignored the catastrophic human cost of such confusions and the natural and moral right to freedom. What is so often ignored is that all people everywhere want to be free, to exercise their human rights that are theirs by natural and international law, and by implicit social contract. Were this the only justification for freedom, it would be sufficient to make spreading freedom the ultimate policy. But there is more to freedom than this, much more. It provides the most important moral goods that humanity can desire. First, the more people are free, the greater their human development and national wealth. In short, freedom is the way to economic and social human security. Still, human security involves more than wealth and prosperity. There is the security of knowing that one's life and the lives of loved ones are safe from deadly famines. Therefore, second, free people never have famines. But as important as these moral goods are, they do not deal with the worst hell to which billions of human beings are still subject. Torture, rape, beatings, forced labor, genocide, mass murder, executions, deportations, political violence, and war. With no human rights, these billions live in fear for their lives and for those of their loved ones. There is a third moral good of freedom. Where people are free, political violence is minimal. Where people are not free, as in Burma, Sudan, and North Korea, People are only pieces on a playing board for the armed thugs and gangs that oppress them, rape them, loot them, exploit them, and murder them. The gangs that control these so-called governments oppress whole nations under cover of international law. They are like a gang that captures a group of hikers and then does with them what it wills, robbing all, torturing and murdering some because gang members don't like them, or they are disobedient and raping others. And they murder their slaves by whim, by hatred, by quota, and sometimes for no reason at all. The worst of these gangs are mega-murderers, with their victims reaching into the tens of millions. Such murder is democide, and its elimination as one of humanity's plagues is the greatest of all moral goods. Then, fourth, the more freedom a people have, the more unlikely the government will murder them. 
democratically free governments do not murder their own people. This huge moral split in the world between governing thugs that murder their slaves wholesale and free people that fear no such personal disaster for them or their loved ones is unconscionable and unacceptable. It is time for concerted, nonviolent action to eliminate these criminal thugs and free their slaves. However, there is still one more moral good that even more strengthens this moral imperative. Finally, the less free the people within any two nations are, the bloodier and more destructive the wars between them. The greater their freedom, the less likely such wars become. Free people do not make war on each other. What this means is that we do not have to wait for all or almost all nations to become democracies to reduce the severity of war. As we promote freedom, as the people of more and more nations gain greater human rights and political liberties, as those people without any freedom become partly free, we will decrease the bloodiness of the world's wars. In short, Increasing freedom in the world decreases the death toll of all its wars. Surely whatever reduces them and then finally ends the scourge of war in our history, without causing a greater evil, must be the greatest moral good. And this is freedom. The implications of all these moral goods of freedom for foreign policy and international activism are profound. To promote global human security, to do away with famine, mass impoverishment, democide, and war, and to minimize internal violence, promote freedom. Since peace